Hi, this is Emma Tucker, Head of Internal Communications at Temenos on Remote Control Season 2. Hi, Emma. Thanks for joining us again on Remote Control. You're officially the first guest to hit a hat-trick of appearances. You're almost like a co-host to the show. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Um, I feel very honoured to um, have been on the show three times. Um, when I was uh, thinking about it, I realised it was a year ago that we did the the very first one, it, and it feels like a lifetime ago, not a year ago. Um, but I know we were we talked a lot about remote working, and I and I was going to ask you whether you feel partly responsible for for what's happened in the last six months because because you predicted the the trend. I know it's a it's a bit too spookily prescient of me, wasn't it, to to be talking about remote working at the end of twenty nineteen? I, I d- didn't quite factor in that everyone would be working remotely in in twenty twenty. So, although it timed nicely with the podcast, I cannot claim any credit, and that's that's my official <laughs> you line. Want, you don't want to claim the credit, no. That's no, not quite, not quite. No, I mean, you mentioned it was the first time we spoke was yeah, almost twelve months ago, um, to the day I think. Yeah. And then when we last spoke, it was pretty much six months ago, um, I think last week, actually. So, And that was just a few days after lockdown in, in the UK had started. And that just seems, well, yeah, that seems like a lifetime ago, let alone the first time we spoke 12 months ago. Yeah, I know. I think that the in six months ago, we were pretty much in full kind of crisis mode. Um, but also, I think we were kind of optimistic that things might, come back to some form of normality over the summer and I think we glimpsed that but um yeah that that's not the not the the way it's going at the moment which is which is pretty difficult actually both in the UK and and globally I think yeah you're right though about the the crisis mode that was really right at the start here in the UK of the big restrictions being put on um, businesses and and in people's uh, lives really and like you say, I guess some of that was eased in the summer, but certainly some of the most recent restrictions in different parts of the UK does make it feel like it's going to be a difficult period. And when we first started, we didn't really have an idea of how long it would be. People were saying that 12 weeks would be really hard. I mean, that's obviously flown over and long gone. And uh, yeah, the last last time UK-wide restrictions were put in place, it was you know mentioned about six months and... Yeah, it just seems like an, a, a tricky situation to be in, but perhaps less of a crisis scrambling to get everything sorted and, and perhaps more time to be more methodical and planned out about things now, perhaps. Yeah, I don't think you can, you know, we can't, I think, stay in crisis mode on an ongoing basis. It's just not, it's not something that you can sustain, I don't think. But um yeah how, how we make it feel normal when it's anything but it, it, it's not it's not easy definitely and it, it's different for different people as well yeah that's actually one of my questions was to to find out how things had changed for employees at Temnos this year really well I think if I was thinking about this and, and in some ways I would say that you know everything's changed but then everything's the same as well so I think when we spoke in March I mentioned that 98% of our employees um, were able to work from home within a matter of days 
Um, and I think as a as a global tech company, remote working has kind of always been part of what we've done. You know, we've always worked with banks and with colleagues in lots of different locations. So working remotely didn't come as such a shock. You know, we we were able to move quite fast and be quite agile about it. We had tools like Teams and Skype and Zoom already in place. We already ran virtual meetings. So that that stuff wasn't as difficult. Although I will caveat that by saying for our teams in India, which is about 50% of our workforce, that wasn't entirely true. They were predominantly office-based. So I think the shift for them has been has been bigger. But it's definitely not been easy for anyone. I think the pressure has been immense. You know, everything that we do at Terminos is all about you know, making banking better. And the, the crisis has really accelerated the need for banks to, to transform digitally. So we felt that pressure as well, which I think is true for a lot of tech companies. Um, but I guess the motivating element of that is that, you know, where customers um, are looking for our solutions to help them to, you know, serve their customers better through digital banking solutions or to to help governments roll out the financial rescue packages our software is helping banks to do that so it's really rewarding to be involved in work that's actively supporting people who are suffering through this time but obviously the 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 other side of that is that the workloads are increasing People don't have that divide between home and office that they used to have. Um, and, it, you know, it's a struggle. It's not easy. And, and then you've got the sort of normal anxiety of the sort of health concerns as well. I think it's, a, it's an incredibly difficult time for people. Yeah, that's quite a, a cocktail of influences on working and, and so, well, I was going to say social life, but um, outside of work life, I suppose it is really in terms of, wanting to do the work and having that positive change for other industries to make a positive change in countries and to people's lives whilst trying to avoid burnout I suppose and and knowing when it is time to switch off and put emails away put the computer down and just get into a different space of wherever you are if you're able to get outside that's that's been one of one of the things I've been trying to do is get outside more often because it's very easy to, to realize that you spent all day inside and, and that's not usual for, for most people. Um, mm. and, and it's just kind of getting that change in place. It's a bit of a mindset. Whereas previously you had to go outside to commute to work. You, know, you don't have to do that now. And, and just kind of almost putting that, uh, that change, that break in place is, is, is tricky because you, you, you can see that other people are working hard. You can also see that other people are perhaps being put on furlough or, or losing their jobs altogether. And it's kind of mm. a combination of, well, I don't want to be seen to be shirking by taking a break and going outside because lots of people are in different situations. But yeah, it's looking after yourself and seeing, hopefully seeing that your work benefits from, from that as well as by trying to avoid that burnout. Yeah, and I think, you know, you you have to do it for yourself. I think, you know, with 
even the best managers in the world, you know, they may say to you, go and make sure you take a break, but it's still you having to go away and take that break, you know, and you have to do it for yourself. Um, but, you know, I think it, it it is, it does make you more productive and it makes you, and keeps you sane, if you like. So it, it is massively important to do it. But yeah, I think you have to be quite intentional about it. Yeah, so that's, that's a good word, in, intentional and and getting it nice and planned out. So how about for, for you? We talked about, obviously, employees and Temelos as a whole. Leading the internal comms for a global company, the past six months must have been, well, the one word I can think of is challenging, but I don't really suppose that sums it up quite, quite well <laughs> enough. Yeah, it's been um, uh, well. Yeah, de- definitely challenging. It's a it's um, a mixed bag, really. I think it's been kind of the best and the worst time to work in internal communications. I think be- the best because people have realised the value in it. Um, we've communicated more. We've communicated better. I think in terms in in the sort of tone and the style that we've used. Um, I think we've done a much better job at kind of collecting the stories of the the work that our people are doing to support the banking industry so that's been that's been really rewarding to be part of but it's tough because it is unrelenting and and I think people people are craving communication because they they're looking for answers um but there is no certainty around this so it also therefore makes communicating really challenging because you can't you can't really provide the answers that people want um and also it's difficult because whilst this is happening globally it isn't a consistent experience um whether it's in different countries or just on a personal level um you know my experience of this will be very different to somebody who lives alone or someone who's been furloughed or someone who's got an underlying health condition um, so, you know, I have to kind of, I, even though it's been busy and stressful, I count myself lucky that I've been able to work, you know, it, yes, it's been tough. And I had a, uh, my daughter was at home for, for parts of it, but she she's now back at school. So things are feeling a bit more normal. But yeah, it's uh, a mixed bag is how I would describe it, Jack. Yeah, I can, I can, yeah, I can un- understand that. You mentioned there about if you know the response that you're having to deal with is is local to the UK and, and in some aspects within the UK it's local to to regions as well how is how have you found kind of managing comms for a workforce that is global where there's been different restrictions at different times perhaps different uh, cultural approaches I mean that, that's the same in the UK is different cultural approaches to the restrictions and whether people are um you're for or against the restrictions that are put in place have you found that kind of exacerbated expanded across kind of a global workforce how how's how's managing comms been been with that in mind yeah i mean it's definitely it's a, it's confusing right i think and it, the messages change at a local level all the time um so trying to provide a, a level of consistency and and a global approach to it um hasn't been easy and i think um we we've we've done it in two ways we've we've relied heavily on um the business continuity and the hr teams who are kind of more on the ground 
So they've done a great job of kind of capturing what it looks and feels like at a local level um, and to, to provide this sort of data on, on what's happening on the ground. Um, and then broadly, we've, we've, I think we've, we've done what every company has probably done in that we've said, you know, you've got to follow local government advice. You don't travel in this, you have to. We've put in, you know, uh, hygiene practices into, into the offices for when, when they are able to open. And we've been using um, a traffic light system really to, to give that kind of global view so that all employees can see what locations are open and what aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've said kind of things like, you know, green means that everything's opening, open and running as it did prior to COVID. Um, amber means that the offices are open, but teams are working in kind of in, in two. So you're either in team A or team B so that we can kind of aid social distancing. And then red is where people are, are working from home. Um, so at the moment, I think 90% of our offices are either in amber or red. Um, it did look a bit brighter in August, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's kind of gone gone backwards again. Um, but yeah, it's it isn't it isn't easy. As I say, we've we've had to. I think we've we've our approach has been one of flexibility because I think you can't take any other approach. Um, and just you know, trusting people to to do the right thing as well. Yeah, flexibility m- makes a lot of sense when, especially when the guidance coming out, like you say, changes so frequently. It's it's hard to have a a set system in place, and as long as those channels and people know where to get the information from, from a a, a business point of view, from a terminal's point of view, then it seems like that's as 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 foresighted and as as planned as you, as you can be, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I would. Uh, there are things that I would have liked to have maybe done differently or would do differently still, but we don't have um, we don't have a great intranet site, so that that limits our ability to kind of really create um, a tailored communication for people in their different regions. So we've had to kind of keep things quite global and quite broad. Touching on the activities, you mentioned there were some things that um, you'd maybe like to have another go at, see if you could do better. But what things have you found that have worked really well at Temenos? So I think if I think about things that have kind of changed over the last six months, um, I think our the tone of our communication is much more humble, more people-centric, you know, more human which sounds um silly but but it's true like I think it, it, it's it's a difference to how we communicated before I think because you know we're a we're a growth company so we've historically found it very easy to kind of excite people about the future because it you know we're growing the future looks bright and strong and I think that is still true for us in the long term it's certainly true but the message doesn't quite work at the moment so it needs to be a bit more nuanced so we can still say yes we've got a bright future but the experience that people are having at the moment doesn't feel that bright so you know what we've done is where we've previously talked about you know when we've say for instance taken a bank live on our software we've talked about the kind of cost and efficiency gains that the bank has seen 
But now we're talking much more about the people and the people that have been involved in implementing that software. Um, so, you know, one example that we've used is one of our consultants from India was working on a project with PayPal and he stayed in the US. He chose to stay mm -hmm. in the US um, from February right through to the summer to get the project with PayPal done. You know, and we didn't ask him to do that, but that was his kind of commitment for the job. And so we, we've used that, we've communicated that more than we've communicated the bank going live on the software. That has been a real shift. And I think that has been a welcome change for people. Um, I think it kind of shows a sort of maturity into how we're, how we're talking to our people as well. Um, we've also been quite intentional about keeping the kind of business as usual communications going. So I think we've, you know, we've continued to communicate on appointments, on any accolades that we've got from the industry. Um, we've we've ran, we've kind of pivoted all our client events to be virtual, as everybody has done, um, and we've continued to kind of showcase those internally. But I think everything has taken on a more of a of a human kind of tone, um, and I think that that's something that we will that we will keep because I think we've all realised that that's a much more inspiring way to communicate. It sounds really obvious, but I think you get used to communicating in a certain way, and I think that's been a, a welcome change for people. That's that sounds really fascinating, and what me while you say it sounds obvious, it's it's potentially only after the fact that it might be obvious and, and when things are going really well, like you mentioned, kind of growing and kind of launching uh, new uh, software and apps and, and bringing, bringing on board clients very, very quickly. Um, then to find the kind of the person led stories is maybe hasn't had that kind of need or might not have had that resonance, but, but now while everyone's going through something on a personal level, then yeah, it does make a lot of sense. So that's, that's really, really interesting to hear that that uh, change has happened and looks set to stay. That's really interesting. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's influencing not just the internal communications, but also, you know, some of our marketing initiatives too. So a lot of our, our customer stories are now going to be more about the people um, at the banks as well so I think that that yeah I think there's definitely some positives that will come out and I think you know this is true for lots of people it's not been all bad the, the things that we've taken from the crisis I think there's definitely some positives to to draw from it as well. Oh, that's good and you, you mentioned virtual events how have they been received and how have you found working with those because that's quite they are quite different and everyone's been, you know, everyone that's been running an event has had to change to virtual events in some form, whether it's um, online kind of learning like webinars or videos with Zoom or, or different platforms. Um, yeah. How have you found kind of managing those? Yeah, I think um, I think they're 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 good and bad again, because they're they're great in that they're really accessible for people. It doesn't matter where they are in the world or what time it is everybody can access the same information um maybe not necessarily live but you can certainly get it on demand and i think that that's 
that's quite a leveler for people and I think that is really welcome but you probably don't have the same you know I think we we've always run big events at the Temnas and they're not only an opportunity to connect with the customers and the partners and other people that we interact with but also a chance for employees to come together and I think a lot of our employees traveled a lot before COVID as well and I think that's been that's been quite difficult then for them to kind of completely stop that whole way of life um, and get used to just kind of being restricted at home if you like and so I think that the virtual events don't give you that ability to to connect with people that you can connect with the content much easier I think but I don't think you connect with the people in the same way and I think that's that's the challenge and that's not unique to Temenos but I think that how we foster that human connection in these times is isn't I don't know the answer to it yet. No. It's really difficult. Yeah, and I think, um, I mean, we run virtual events for, for lots of people at Stream Go, and one of one of the challenges that we often come across is the the, the human connection, the engagement, the networking. And, and, I, and I'm not going to kind of sit here and talk about the different features, but I think some of it is to do, not to do with the technology, actually. I think it's to do with the setting. So you, you talked about people, uh, employees having traveling quite a lot, and and while people have been celebrating not traveling for work, actually for a lot of people that's a great chance to meet different people. You take you out, you take yourself out of your normal day to day setting, and and you can be a bit more open and free when you're talking to people, and you put yourself in a different mindset. I know from when I've been to events, you're in a different mindset about networking and about you know, going up and speaking to people that you don't know, uh, but you know that are there for a shared reason and potentially virtual events don't have that impact because, or we've not, or people aren't taking into, the, into account the the setting for someone hasn't changed. You know, they're in all likelihood, they've been on emails, on instant messenger mm. chat, doing their, doing their work and then just opened a new browser. They're still in the same seat in the same room. The you know Spotify might be playing in the background. Whatever might still be happening whilst they're at the event, and that just doesn't happen at physical events. So I think there's some thought needs to go into the setting or how you can maybe prep people for the setting, whether it's you know almost bringing back those maybe cringy icebreaker type sessions at the start of your event yeah. and just energizing people that way for that kind of that engagement i'm not sure of the answer at all but i think some of it is some of it will be down to technology and what's available but other parts of it will be down to how you prepare attendees or employees for an event and kind of set the expectations about kind of what to get from it and yeah there's, there's maybe something around that yeah I think you're right and I think it's you know how do you bring that that whole experience um virtually it's it, it's it's not it's not easy to do it I think we we did a really we, we did a, an event last week or a couple of weeks ago now and we had um a session the night before for some kind of VIP guests and they were basically sent like a, a cooking 
pack or recipe ingredients various things and they joined this kind of virtual cook-off um (laughs) and it was really cool it's really cool and I think that kind of thing is is probably what we need to do more of so you create these events that you're all doing simultaneously just in your own kitchen rather than you know um in a catering location but yeah i think it's um that, that kind of thing is is probably where things will will start to move yeah i love i love the idea of that i mean i'd be terrible at that but yeah that sounds that sounds like a really great way to yeah, so get people engaged i didn't get to join it but it, it sounds it sounded pretty fun yeah, yeah. okay so that, that's really interesting and a great example of something a bit different um that yeah work to engage people and you mentioned previously about some things that maybe you'd want to to have another go at, try again. Is there anything like that then that's kind of needed to be finessed to to get to work? Or is there any, anything that you've kind of tried and thought, do you know what, that's not working, let's just put that down and, and kind of scrap that? It's, it seems like there's a lot of time for trying things quickly and just want to see kind of how that worked for you. Yeah, I mean, I we... We wanted to do something around connecting the the CEO and the leadership team with people because previously, before COVID, we'd ran some really successful face-to-face meetings. So he'd essentially kind of gone uh, and done some kind of town halls and informal networking with employees um, when he was kind of visiting certain locations. So he'd been to Singapore and India, the US, Poland in the previous year. And people employees really liked it because Mm -hmm. it gave them a chance to kind of just chat to him about just you know something they were working on or just more broadly and hear his perspective on things um we really haven't been able to recreate that in the same way at a virtual level because it's those little conversations that happen on the side that people walk away from and say oh that was good you know, he recognized my face or he knew that I was working on this project or whatever it might be. And I think we we haven't been able to to find a way to kind of replicate that um, in a in a meaningful way. We were we were setting up kind of virtual coffee sessions at one point, but we kind of said, unless you've got maybe five people in the room in joining virtually no one's going to talk you know if you start putting 50 people in a virtual room people won't talk so how do we do this um and then when we thought well we've got 7,000 employees around the world there's absolutely no way that we can do this um and so we we scrapped that idea and and we haven't in all honesty come up with something that that replicates it um or replaces it in any way um so yeah it's 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 really tricky it's really tricky yeah interesting you talked about the value of those perhaps being in those informal um parts of the the meeting you know being recognized or just a little comment about a project that's being worked on that's not necessarily the focus of the of the whole conversation but yeah totally that would make someone feel proud that the CEO has has recognized them or, or knows what they're working on. That's kind of good, great recognition and, and validation. And yeah, I can totally see how that would be difficult on a 
virtual call, even just, and you want, you mentioned, you know, if you get 50 people on a virtual call, no one's going to talk. Yeah. But imagine if they did, that would be potentially yeah. worse talking <laughs> yeah, over exactly. each other. So it's kind of, like you say, it would need to be smaller groups and for a company so big, it, it would be, yeah, it would, it would be a, a full-time job just doing that and mm. managing that. So yeah, that seems like a, like a tricky one. I know my, uh, my wife, her company have set up um, a coffee roulette where they get paired up with uh, just one person and they've got to find, um, I think it's either 30 minutes or, or an hour in a week to, to have a chat. Uh, and it's people from within within the company, but they might not have worked with before. And it's just potentially a bit of time to kind of put the work, work tools down and, and maybe introduce yourself or or reconnect with someone that you had been working with on a bit of more of a of a personal level and find out how they're doing. I thought that was a that's nice, yeah, I like yeah, that's that. nice, and and that's not particularly you know a manager getting designated that they'll only speak to maybe junior staff. It's you know it's all levels, and it's a, I believe it's opt in, but yeah, it's been it seems to have been good uptake, and yeah, she often talks about kind of the conversations that she's had and found out you know people's lockdown arrangements and if they're at the kitchen table or or if they've got their own little office and, and stuff like that and it just it seems to help make those person to person connections and maybe just forget about the work thing for a little bit and it makes when they do work together just a little bit easier and a little bit more mm. like it would be in a face-to-face environment where you do have those social cues and kind of a little bit of personal information that you can um that you can kind of bond over and and kind of almost grease the wheels of a, of a work project when you do have that personal connection yeah it's massively important and I think we've all we've all missed it haven't we in the last six months I think that you know work isn't yeah work is about doing your job but it is so much about the people that you work with and how you work with them um and I, I keep thinking about people that have joined the company recently and you know mm. we take for granted the the pre-existing relationships that we had already built up um and it is it's is so much more difficult for for new people to kind of form that that bond with their colleagues because they're not seeing them every day and they don't just have those little informal chats oh did you watch that on telly last night or yeah. did you do this you know it's yeah, it's it, it's you have to be really, as I said before, intentional about it. And when you're busy and you're stretched already, they're the things that go. Um, so I think there's there's definitely some things that we can or we could and should be doing at a kind of corporate level for the organisation to to foster those informal connections. Um, you know, certainly for the rest of this year and and next year as well yeah really good point about people joining and as you know at stream go we've we've grown massively in this time in delivering virtual events probably to be expected mm. um yeah again headcount has, has kind of really gone up and as we've scaled up to meet you know new clients and a, more demand for existing clients but yeah like I, I, i'm sitting here and i can think of yeah a number of people that i've spoken to briefly on, on on chat in maybe a team meeting but there's lots of people there that you know in in reality for me they're a, they're a 
you know, I know the name, the job title, what they're working on, but I don't know kind of their personality. Whereas the people that were a stream beforehand and, you know, we kind of share an office totally know the personalities is a huge Disney fan, Andrew, if you're listening, that's you. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's all sorts of different types of people and, and it's just those little things that you know about people does yeah. really make a, make an impact. And it's kind of wanting to get that situation, those situations kind of back, back into the mindset and, and finding out that information that's beyond the work that you do I think is, is very, mm. very important so actually I think I'll make a note to to go away and find out a bit of information about some of the people that have started since lockdown and make a real effort it does make a lot of sense yeah it does and I think you know you have to I think what one of the things that we we're going to try and do is it because it's difficult to kind of um mandate something like that at a, at a global level within the organization because it needs to feel natural and um, or an authentic. I think if we start telling people you've got to do this, it, yeah. it doesn't feel doesn't feel right. Um, but what we want to do is start using managers more and training them on different things that they could suggest to their teams, even if they don't get involved. And it's just that their their team members do it. Um, but it but part of it is that kind of coaching them around, you know, how to kind of position this so that it doesn't sound like an order, go and have a coffee, a virtual coffee with someone, because that just gets people's backs up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is, it is difficult to, um, to roll these sorts of ideas out at a, at a kind of global level um, in big, in big organizations. I think the the organizations whose cultures and things will come throughout this successfully will be, Often, I think the smaller companies that have been able to kind of retain that kind of connection on some point, point, or the or the big ones that have said, you know what, how you do this is up to you because we can't tell you how to do it. If that makes sense, but yeah. the, these are the kind of guiding principles, um, which is kind of the the approach that that we will take with it. Yeah, and and like you like you say, it relies probably most importantly on the culture if that's been mm. if that culture has been there before about building those relationships it will find its way through this new challenge if it's not been there before it's going to be quite hard to to pick it up in a remote oh, i'd imagine it would be quite hard to kind of introduce that culture at, at this time when it's potentially harder than ever to make those personal connections so yeah the, the, the culture is there then it has every chance of of breaking through the the current challenges i'd say yeah yeah uh, so this might be a tricky question um because talking about planning now mm. I'm pr- i'd be pretty surprised if anyone had planned for 2020 mm-hmm. and and got it kind of nailed on but i was just wondering if there's anything that you've managed to take away from the challenging situation the the new normal or the current normal whatever we want to label it as for 2021 plans or the end of this year how is that is that even kind of on your radar at the minute yeah we have started um talking about it certainly we've we've started putting some plans in place for the end of this year and we started talking about 2021 um, objectives. So, for for the for the last few months of this year, I think what we what we want to do is is recognise the fact that you know it's been a tough year for everybody. 
we know there's kind of been a dip in morale because people aren't enjoying that level of face-to-face contact that they that they had before um and whilst we can't bring people together physically we are going to kind of try and bring together people together more virtually um and we're going to try and excite them again about the the future and and why temenos is such a great place to work you know and i think we we are doing some great things already with the banking industry but but also our organization is moving um to be cloud and and SaaS first so software as a service mm-hmm. which is a really big shift from where we've come from so we've you know we've historically been a product company so we've built great product and we've sold that product and we've kind of I mean not not quite as crude as this sounds but we sort of given it handed it over to banks and said off you go where now we've got to to provide an ongoing level of service and support and continual upgrade to that software which um, comes as a as a comprehensive package for banks and I think that's quite a cultural shift um, for the organization and it and it requires a change in behavior for people working in the product for people working in sales and what we want to do is start kind of setting that vision for the future um, and also using our managers better to help articulate what that means for people on the ground now a lot of that work is still in progress so I think probably the reality will be that for the rest of this year it will be about creating that that vision um, and then next year will be be more about putting some kind of concrete you know connections in place for people to say right this is what I do and this is how it connects to our, our move to, to being a SaaS first company but that's quite exciting and I'm I'm particularly excited about kind of creating some toolkits um, for managers because we've not really we've not really done that properly before um, and we also want to do a better job of using managers to kind of um, feedback so you know sharing this information with their teams but also feeding back what their teams are telling them about it um, so that that's quite an exciting one um, and then the other thing that we're looking at is um, kind of what the future of work at Temenos really looks like post-COVID. So taking the lessons that we've learned from this, where people are working remotely, we're looking at kind of, you know, how do we use our offices? Do we need offices in 64 countries around the world? Mm. Um, and what do those offices look and feel like now? Because they're probably going to be much more about working collaboratively than they are about just sitting at your PC and working. So I think what we want to create out of that is a is a really consistent um and enjoyable employee experience and i think that's for me one of the reasons why i do internal communications and what i love about what i do so that is a really exciting exciting project but it's a big one um it's not something we can we can solve overnight but it's exciting that we're that we're thinking about all of these things and we're, we're starting to kind of put some work into action around it as well. Yeah. Great to have some 
some big exciting projects that are even if they're just taking the first initial baby steps to 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 get the plans in place or to kind of get their cogs whirring and, and get the thoughts in motion that's yeah often some of the most inspiring time getting the thoughts and all the different possibilities out there on the table really interesting that you're talking about managers it's something that we touched on when we first spoke last year and has come up in a lot of the podcast recordings since on remote control the fact that when we're talking about such big companies who and I guess historically it was mainly big companies that had remote workers because they were remote across the the world and that's Mm. changed changed now but having those line managers perform more of an engaged more of an involved internal comms coaching process is really interesting and it does seem that that's getting spoken about and getting focused on a lot more from research out there to some twitter polls i've seen in from some other people in internal comms it just yeah it just seems like there is a bit more of a recognition perhaps and um, plans in place now to to really identify managers as a or maybe the key channel for internal comms i thought it was really interesting that you mentioned it too yeah i think you know i think within internal communications and, and probably within hr functions as well i think we've we've probably always recognized that the role a line manager plays in in the an employee's experience or how you know how they think and feel about work is huge it's probably the most important thing but yeah we we haven't really done a very good job of, of kind of using them both to kind of share the great stuff that's going on in the company and um you know support their employees and kind of coach them on on um on communication and i think that you know we we definitely need to do that because a line manager might be somebody's only contact with um the organization at the moment um, it shouldn't necessarily be that way, but but that could well be the case for some people. So, if that line manager isn't isn't good or isn't you know is struggling to know what information to share with their team, then um, then that that can be a real issue. So, I think it's yeah, it, it's going to become even more important. And I think the crisis has just kind of um, highlighted it as a as a potential weakness for, for a lot of organizations. Yeah, definitely. So this is um, not the most serious question, but it is one that people will be scribbling down the answer to. Uh, the first time we spoke, which was, like we said, about 12 months ago, you were uh, watching the the BBC drama, The Capture, um, and I almost gave you a spoiler because I'd just finished it. Um, <laughs> I, so I was just wondering uh, what's got you through lockdown and, and would you recommend anything? Well, um, well, I was thinking about this and I was thinking, oh, I think I probably watched much lighter things because things have been so difficult at work. And then I was thinking about what I've been watching. I was like, none of the things I've watched have, are, are light in any sense. <laughs> so I, I watched The Handmaid's Tale, um, which is far from light yeah um and i'm really disappointed that the the uh, the next season has been disrupted by covid because I, I i really enjoyed that one and actually at the moment i'm watching true detective have you seen that oh yeah yeah i've seen those when they were on sky at the time I, lo- I loved yeah, them, yeah yeah um with matthew mcconaughey and um 
Woody Harrelson, or they're in the first one. Yeah, um, it's brilliant. The acting is so good. Um, so we've just we've just started the the second season of that. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, I'm enjoying that. But yeah, pretty gritty and dark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, so... <laughs> that's not quite not quite the respite from a no, troubling really not. world. <laughs> no, <laughs> so I'm not sure what that says really. But, um... <laughs> yeah, well, I was I was speaking to um, Jennifer Sproul from the Institute of Internal Comms last week, and she was just going for every every murder mystery going. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. she was saying it's it, the the escape was the fact that it was nothing like a job, which. Um, which sounded like a, a plausible excuse, I suppose. Well, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe what we watch these things because we're like, you know, th- this is worse than than working in internal <laughs> communication. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's what it is. Well, yeah. Well, when they when they release when Netflix release a uh, drama series about internal comms during COVID nineteen, um, perhaps we can tune in then and see how realistic <laughs> maybe. it was. Yeah, okay. Maybe. Well, I really appreciate you coming on again um, to Remote Control, Emma. It's been it's been fascinating talking to you and hearing some of the experiences that you you've had and the experience was from Terminos. So yeah, really thank you. Thanks. Thanks for joining. Thanks Jack. No, it's been a, a pleasure as always. And it's always a nice opportunity to kind of step back and, and reflect on things. So, so thank you for having me. Remote Control, an internal comms podcast by Stream Go.